It's a fine day. People open windows. They leave the houses for a really long time. <laughs> Love the weather today. Um, my name's Tony Kent. This is the Tony Daily. Hello. This is the podcast where I invite you to come find yourself. Today is day 73, which reminds me of that programme I don't know, for the UK listeners, do you remember that? Hey, you get ready, get on your feet, get into gear and hit the street. It was a programme, Get Down to 73, about these crazy people that all lived in a house called Number 73. Sandy Toxfig was one of them. And there was a woman on roller skates that I really wanted to be. Uh, that's not what I was going to talk about, though. No. Um, beautiful out there today. So I had a run and then I ran with one of the dogs if you want to see footage of that because <laughs> why not go and have a look on my socials you can find that um with the little opus 3 soundtrack not my terrible singing um so I'm at Tony J Kent on Facebook at Tony underscore J underscore Kent on Twitter no Instagram Oh, can you tell I'm distracted? I'm looking out the window and it's so nice. The blossom's out, it smells lovely. So yeah, did a little run with the dog and then put her in the house and did another little bit by myself with my ear pods, <laughs> ear pods in, which was really nice. Um, 90s rave makes you run faster, just so you know. So let's have a quick look at the Village Facebook page. Um, here's the thing. Uh, a person, what is a proper person in the media and that, Rosie Green, she's a columnist for, well, <laughs> right-leaning uh, newspapers, Telegraph, Times, The Mail, oh Christ. Um, but I used to really enjoy her uh, column in Red Magazine before I realised that Red Magazine just made me feel bad about myself. Um, but Rosie Green, proper author, columnist, um, she's going to be at our local pamper evening amazing so yeah gonna enjoy that gonna go and say hello uh, so that's on there what else this was interesting to me it might not be interesting to you can anyone help with a small fencing job i mean there's just a ton of people it would appear that everybody can help at least 11 people can help with a small fencing job so what are we good for in this village getting your hair cut there's a couple of barbers a couple of hairdressers uh, it's not good for getting a drink because the pub is shut Monday to Wednesday, Monday to Thursday, I don't know, meant I had to go to a pub in a different village last night, which was fine because my friend was driving, um, but good for getting your fence done. Uh, what else? There's that, there's that. Uh, anyone got a car for sale? Housekeeper wanted for a local pub. Two live-in sous chefs. I mean, that's all right, isn't it? Maybe, maybe not, I don't know, living free bed and board at the place that you work could be quite good, couldn't it? Um, would anybody like this bed frame pictured dismantled in somebody's garden? I do hope they're going to bring it in after they've taken the photo. I mean, not like the person that left theirs on their front garden. Um, we are looking for taxi drivers to come and become taxi drivers. I think that would do quite well because when you live in a village, you can't bloody get anywhere unless you drive. And then taxi drivers either don't want to come to your village because they won't pick up a fare on the way there or the way back, 
or they're going to charge you an awful lot of money because they can't pick up a fare on the way there or on the way back. So that would be nice for you more taxi drivers in the locale if um, they're not all too busy putting up fences. So today's piece from um, Reasons to be Cheerful Rides Again, which you can buy on Amazon. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, it's called When I Grow Up, I Will Be Stable. And for those of you that love a bit of music, as I do, you'll know that that comes from a song by Garbage. So let's see what I've got to say about being stable. Could be, um, I don't know, well, you might hear this and go, yeah, right, Tony, like you've got anything under control. Over the years, I've had my fair share of hysterics. Yes, hysterical crying, hysterical laughing, hysterical throwing of a phone or a shoe, but never a plate, despite the satisfaction I think would come with this smashing noise it would make. Sometimes my hysterics have been brought about by stress, sometimes by sadness, sometimes by being kept awake for four or five nights in a row, and sometimes by a million tiny things building up into one almighty meltdown. Happily, I've also been taught lots of ways to deal with this. Exercise, you see, running, love it. Walking away, mindfulness, meditation, switching off the damn phone for a minute. Some of this came from working at Microsoft where as stressful as it was, and it was bloody stressful there, we had this little, um, well-being, the well-being centre, before well-being was an overused term. It was amazing. There was a doctor there who wrote your private prescription. Um, but most of the people who went there, I was talking to the nurses one time, most of the people that went there presented with symptoms of stress. So, you know. Um, so while it was stressful, I am forever grateful for the wellbeing courses I had access to, including one under the expert tutelage of Nicholas Bate that was life-changing. It was called Personal Excellence, and they sent us off to Henley for three days, um, and he did all this stuff about, um, yeah, mindfulness, uh, memory techniques, relaxation. Um, he was just incredible. And if I remember, I'll put a link to his website in the show notes because he, he is one of those people that, oh my God, so much just spoke sense not at all showy. If I get another Tony Robbins ad on my LinkedIn feed, I'm going to like, I don't know. Well, I'm not going to do anything, am I? But I can't bear this. Hey, look at me in a stadium of two million people. I'm going to tell you how to live your life. It just makes you want to go fuck off. Where Nicholas was, let me just be calm and rational and let's look at what's really important. I think that's what he did really, really well. He um, even did things like, which would be very useful now, money-saving hacks. You know, like you don't have to pay three pounds for the Domestus bleach. You could buy own brand. So I, he talked a lot about how he had had a health crisis in his life, which had made him reevaluate what was important. And so much of it chimed and resonated with me. And there was so much of it that I wanted to take away and share with other people. Um, and I did share it with my team because I had a team that were contractors and so they weren't allowed to take advantage of these courses. But there was stuff that I wished that, well, like my family had access to, people who were not in the position of financial stability that I was in. Um, so much of it was valuable. Anyway, so that was a three-day course and I remember being told they stopped running it with no no irony whatsoever 
like one of the, the wealthiest organisations in the world, it was run by the wealthiest man in the world at the time, um, said, this course is too expensive. <laughs> Fucking hell. Really? Yeah, it was too expensive. Um, so I'm glad I had access to it because it was life-changing. So um, others came while speaking to a doctor a couple of months after the birth of my daughter. Oh my God. So I going to have to be honest about this and I've been inspired to be honest about this um, by a number of people and uh, have to give a shout out to um, Heidi who dropped me a link to a podcast called Reclaimed Baggage, Baggage Reclaim, that's what it's called and she talks about family estrangement, really really powerful but this is what happened when I went to the doctors after my daughter had been born so I had gone to the doctors asking for help for my mum because she was in a bad place, but she was trying to invite me into her bad place by phoning and writing and texting and for continuously. And so I had gone to the doctor and said, I think that my mum needs help. Can you help her? And she, the doctor looked at me and said, can you just like, take a moment and tell me how you feel. And that was it. I was just in bits. And I remember her saying, right, I'm going to tell my receptionist to um, let the other patients know they're going to have to wait a bit. And she just sat and spoke to me and said, you can switch your phone off. You can unplug the landline. <laughs> when we had a landline. Um, and she helped me to protect myself because what I needed to focus on was my newborn daughter and me like you know it takes a little while to get over having a baby doesn't it um and focusing on our new family rather than worrying about how i was going to try and fix the myriad of problems that my mum wanted me to help her with and that's so hard so hard so thank you to that doctor who is not practicing anymore, which is a shame because she was amazing. Sometimes you need somebody to go, right, just gonna, just gonna tell everyone else they need to wait a minute. So that was that. Um, sometimes uh, sharing our stories and experiences with friends is really powerful. Getting a good listening to or hearing me too can put things into brilliant perspective. So reflecting on my own experiences with dealing with stress had made a bit of a knot begin to form in my stomach when it came to thinking about what will happen <laughs> when my children start to become the beneficiaries of full-on hormonal surges. Well, hello, because, you know, got 15-year-old, 13-year-old, welcome to the, <laughs> wasn't it, public enemy, welcome to the terror dome, welcome to the pleasure dome, is what Frankie Goes to Hollywood had to say. I mean... I don't know if I'd want to be in their pleasure dome, be a bit full on for me. I don't want to be in a terror dome, but it's definitely a hormone dome. Uh, we've had the initial blips and lightning flashes associated with growth spurts and homework that comes with starting school. But oh God, <laughs> what about when they become teenagers? How the hell will we cope? Well, do you know what? Some of the best advice I had was from a friend of mine called Julie, amazing woman. And she said, you know what, Tony, you have to hope when they get to teenagers, what you have to hope, it's not about dealing with it when they become teenagers, you have to hope that you've put the groundwork in leading up to that point. And I thought, bloody hell, that is such wise advice. Um, 
so yeah, it it doesn't just suddenly have, you know, you're in a run up to this for quite a long time. Um, and then I realised something, something that should have been blindingly obvious, but I was too wrapped up with trying to find ways to encourage my children to do homework that didn't result in one of us wanting to inflict damage on the nearest inanimate object. There I was, someone who had been taught all these ways with which to cope with stress, to acknowledge anger and upset, or simply to connect with the world in a way that isn't about endless lists and obligations, and I wasn't passing them on to my children. What a waste. I thought that by making sure I kept my own stress levels in check that, in return, my children would not be stressed. Wrong. They are experiencing their own stress relative to their own world, and part of my role as a parent is to help them figure out their own way to deal with it. The homework won't go away, puberty is going to happen, they will have fights and fallouts with their peers, and the best thing I can do is not to do their homework for them, not to infantilise them or fight their battles, but instead to give them the tools to help them deal with these things themselves. And I had to give myself a talking to the other day. Um, if you go back and listen to the Eating Humble Pie, Humble Pie, Humble Pie, Eating Humble Pie episode, um, I did misjudge a conversation with my daughter. I misjudged it badly and I apologised afterwards and we had a chat and we were talking about trust and I said to her that something that had occurred to me was that I realised or remembered that as parents, we have to trust that our children can handle their own problems and hope that they will come to us if they need help and trust that they will know that we are always there for them. And I'm so glad that she was willing to have that conversation with me because a lot of what I was trying to do and getting wrong was thinking, oh, I think something's wrong, so I'm just going to jump to this conclusion, <laughs> which will make things a hundred times worse. So, you know, she's becoming a grown-up, and part of becoming a grown-up and an adult is that you learn how to deal with the world, and you don't rely on other people to fix things for you. Um, yeah, it, but that was a real sort of moment for me, like, oh, God, you know, come on, Tone got to flex your parenting style there. So there we are. Um, anyway, this sharing of skills was evidenced the other night when my daughter was struggling to get to sleep because her brain was very much awake with a million thoughts. And I told her about a technique I was taught where you work your way from your toes to your head, tensing your muscles as you breathe in for three seconds, hold for three seconds, then breathe out and release. So you may well have tried this. If you would like to try it now, it's very easy. So you start with your toes and you breathe in. One, two, three, clenching your toes. So you clench your toes and breathe in. One, two, three, and then hold. One, two, three, and then breathe out as you relax your toes. One, two, three. And you follow that pattern all the way up your body. And that's really worked um, for me in the past uh, when I couldn't get to sleep. So, to my surprise, my daughter listened. To my amazement, she gave it a go. To our joint delight, it worked. Yay! I remember working through that with her, and I'd struggled to sleep when I was younger. Um, and something that actually works for me now, if my brain's a bit busy, 
if that, you know, tensing your muscles and, you know, going up through your body, um, is to count backwards from 6,000. I don't know why the 6,000 number is important. I don't know where I heard it from, but it works for me. Um, yeah. So I think it's this ongoing maintenance, isn't it? Um, and this is part of my daily practice. So, you know, I walk every day. I am in nature every day. I did speak to my therapist, I think it was, and I said, right, I'm in nature. <laughs> I'm in nature and I'm still not feeling calm. And she said, who are you with when you are in nature? And I, oh, I'm with one of the dogs. And she went, okay, how often are you in nature by yourself? And I went, hmm, this is a good question. Because when you're in nature with a dog, I don't know, could be the best behaved dog in the world. I mean, mine are not the best behaved dogs in the world, but you're always like, what are they doing? Are they gonna behave? Will there be another dog? Is there gonna be a squirrel? Is it gonna be a rabbit? Is it gonna be a deer? Are they gonna imagine that there's a cat? Are they gonna see a shadow? Um, you know, my dogs are uh, hunting dogs, hunting dogs, prey driven. Um, but yeah, so when I have my bonus run today by myself, much more relaxing. So the walking, the running, the yoga, trying to be mindful. <laughs> Do you ever get the sense that you're unhinged? Um, well, that maybe I am, but it's, it's doing these things every day, isn't it? And acknowledging that life always has stress and suffering. That is part of the experience. That is what it is to be human. I did have a chat once with an acupuncturist who I love, she's so nice. And I said to her, I'm, I'm waking up, I, I don't really feel refreshed every day. And she said, I think you're being a bit unrealistic, Tony. And I thought, yes, you're probably right. Um, so alongside all of these healthy practices, there must come acceptance. Uh, so that's it for today. Um, a little bit different to how I thought it was going to end. I hope you liked it, hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please give it a share. Um, what do I hope for you, that side, that you get to enjoy a bit of this sunshine today, that you have a moment to yourself and that you get the opportunity to unwind just a little bit. Thank you for listening. This is like a double episode. I wonder if you're still here. Well, if you are, I will be back with you tomorrow.